Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In five, four, three, two, one. It's time for the Rundown with Rob Sanders. We're Welcome into the rundown. I am Rob Sanders. Thanks for joining me this afternoon on Fox Sports Radio 1400. Around the world on the iHeartRadio app, it's uh, awesome to get to bring you some great sports stuff today. I'll tell you what, it's uh, Tuesday. That means we get some comments today from Coach Will Muschamp from South Carolina. As they prepare for their matchup with Alabama. I always want to say that like for like Forrest Scott. Alabama. I wish I could say it like that. I just sound silly. But we've also got some comments from Coach Dabo Sweeney. We'll start with the man that is the defending, uh, leads the defending national champions. As they get set for their uh, matchup with Syracuse, here's some comments from Coach Dabo Sweeney. The next goal for us is to win the division. And so that starts this week. Uh, first division game for us on the road at a place where we lost uh, two years ago. Uh, great environment. Uh, they do an awesome job up there, and, and uh, you know, we're going to have to play well. Uh, simple as that. Got a lot of respect for Syracuse. Uh, they beat us two years ago, and then last year, you know, had us had us on the mount uh, on the mat uh, for a two count, and uh, we we were able to to get up and find a way to win the game. Very fortunate. Uh, so got a lot of respect for Syracuse. Our team has a lot of respect for Syracuse. Uh, Dino's done a great job up there, and, and uh, you know we're we're very well aware of the type of uh, effort and energy and toughness that we will face uh, in this Syracuse team. No, last week's game got away from them, but uh, that won't be the that won't be the version of, of Syracuse that we'll see. So we're excited about the challenge again. Uh, it's the next step for us. If we're going to be a great team, then then you got to be able to win on the road. And uh, it takes mental toughness. It takes maturity. Uh, it takes a lot of discipline and focus and communication uh, to be able to execute uh, offensively, especially. You know, defensively, it's it's uh, it's quiet. Uh, so it's it's a different deal when they go on the road. Uh, so you know, the, the defense kind of I think takes that energy, and uh, it's always different on the road. So just maturity and and. Uh, uh, mental toughness to go and, and uh, really execute at a high level in, in a tough environment. That's what we're looking for this week. Uh, but they got a good team. Obviously, their quarterback uh, is a veteran guy. He's been around. He's, he knows their system. He, he's athletic. He can throw the football. Uh, he's confident. He's got good size. Uh, they've rotated three backs in there. All of them can make plays. Got good receivers. Uh, you know, 86 has made a couple of the big plays early. And uh, and then defensively, uh, you know, two All-American ends that are going to play on Sunday, no doubt about it. Uh, a couple All-American candidates in the secondary. Uh, they've had one one of their better D tackles has been out. Not sure if he's going to play or not this week, but uh, it's going to be a tough matchup. Simple as that. This is a division game, and uh, everybody knows what's at stake. We know a lot about them. They know a lot about us. Uh, so it comes down to execution, and and again. Um, in a tough environment. So looking forward to heading up there. 
we're healthy, we're in a good place, and guys are excited about uh, you know continuing to get better. Any questions? Coach, the, um, the tempo with which Syracuse plays on offense, how, how much of a challenge will that be for, for the young guys up front like Tyler Davis? Yeah, well, I mean, we're a tempo offense too, so so we practice that way every day. And uh, so it's it's something that he's used to. It's not going to catch him off guard. Uh, but, you know, the first couple games, they, they've really slowed it down uh, more than they've tempoed. Uh, I think that uh, they've looked to the sideline a lot and, uh, you know, just kind of uh, picked their spots. They have they have some fire plays and all of a sudden where they go really fast, but uh, they have not been – Lightning quick, you know. I mean, they play fast, they play with tempo, but but very similar to what we do. Coach, what do you see in Tommy DeVito compared to what they had last year with in, in uh, quarterback? Uh, well, they're very similar. They're both savvy, uh, both great leaders, uh, both tough, both are athletic and can run the ball. Uh, both can push the ball down the field, and um, and and the, the staff has a lot of confidence in them. The team has confidence in both these guys. So. Um, a lot of similarities. Maybe not quite as big as Dungy, uh, but still, he's not a little guy. He's got good size on him. Is, is Amari full go now in practice? And is, do you expect his reps to keep just keep growing? Yeah, games? he's been he's been he's been full go. Uh, you know, we wouldn't have played him if he wasn't been full go. So, so no, we're not not been holding him back. Uh, he played thirty something plays last week, so he played you know about as much as anybody. And uh, it was good to see him get out there and and uh, get going, but. Again, he is still kind of that's his first scrimmage uh, situation since the since the since he got hurt. Uh, so uh, still working his way into you know true game shape, football game shape. And uh, but it was good to see him get knocked around. Uh, you know, got hit a couple times, a couple catches, and just just kind of getting in the rhythm a little bit of the game. But uh, yeah, he's 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 been released and good to go, Coach. Dabo Sweeney from the Clemson Tigers as they get set for their matchup with Syracuse. They open up as a, I think it's like a 24-point favorite. Just a uh, huge favorite there over Syracuse. And you know what? There was a lot of talk about maybe Syracuse would be one of the tougher games on the schedule for uh, Clemson as they head on the road. It's a completely different situation than the last time that Clemson played on the road at Syracuse. Clemson was playing with basically without their starting quarterback. I mean, he was out there, but should he have really been out there? I don't know if maybe looking back on that, that's probably something that Coach Sweeney probably regrets because I don't think that Kelly Bryant was completely, completely crazy happy about that. But we'll see if it matters this time. And I also think the big difference in this year's uh, team from last year's Syracuse team is that you've got Eric Dungy was the quarterback, and he is just a complete – I know that uh, Coach Sweeney said that he is he has a lot of the same characteristics. I don't – I mean, Dungy looked like a monster out there. And he was kind of a blood-and-guts type guy, a guy that would say, all right, you know what? I'm going to do what I can to get a first down. I don't really care about my injuries. I don't care about anything. We're going to get a first down. Old blood and guts type quarterback. Some other notes from Coach Sweeney. He said last season versus Syracuse, the turnovers hurt. Losing uh, Trevor Lawrence and having to go to basically their third-team quarterback kind of may have stumped them a little bit and said the first thing they have to do is not beat themselves. When they went up there two years ago, 
that's kind of what happened, and they just couldn't make uh, coverages in certain spots. So Clemson with their second ACC game of the season, this time on the road at Syracuse. The Tigers, as I said, open up as a 24-point favorite on the road. We move from Clemson to South Carolina, the Gamecocks. They have a much taller task as they welcome in second-ranked Alabama. That means that Heisman Trophy candidate Tua Viola comes to town. Coach Muschamp talked about some of the ways that you can possibly slow down uh, the big quarterback from Alabama. You scale back and give him a lot of time, it's an issue as well. But uh, you just got to do a nice job with discipline in your rush lanes, constrict the pocket, don't let him evade, and especially to his left hand, which I think he's a very effective when he goes to his left. Uh, but, uh, again, his his ability to extend plays and what we call off-the-rhythm plays is, is pretty much uncanny as far as his uh, field for down the field of knowing when to run, when to throw it to buy time. We need to do a good job of staying in coverage, but more than anything, constricting the lanes up front. Well, what did you learn from Nick at LSU, and what kind of separates him from just everybody else in terms of coaching? Well, you know, I learned a lot. I mean, as far as, uh, you know, obviously from a scheme standpoint, I think, you know, you got to be philosophically aligned with him as far as the things he's – how he sees the game uh, played, offense, defense, and special teams. Uh, so, obviously, from a scheme standpoint, I learned a lot. But, uh, you know, the evaluation process and the recruiting, uh, as far as the critical factors we look for and define for every position, and I think really even took that a step further when I went to the Miami Dolphins and was a part of the draft and going and working players out and really narrow down exactly what we look for by position – in uh, the evaluation process, I think really helped me and our programs moving forward. Uh, as far as those things, as far as all-season program, how we ran the all-season program, we do very similar things in the all-season program. You know how we install in training camp, how we install in spring ball, uh, how we do spring ball. Uh, our summer programs are very similar as far as you know the players are concerned and what we do. How we practice is very similar to what we did when I was with Nick. So, uh, you know, we've carried over a lot of things that obviously work extremely well, uh, but I learned a lot. Yes, Nick's offense has kind of matured a lot in recent years, developed and changed. How different is it to game plan for an offense like he has right now than maybe when you were with him or when you were at Florida trying to game plan? Well, I think that, you know, Colin, they have evolved a little bit, but I think that goes back to the, the players and the talent level they have at each position. Uh, obviously, they want to take advantage of the quarterback now as opposed to maybe uh, in years past when the, when the running game with Henry and Richardson and the different guys, Ingram, uh, were a little bit stronger of what they wanted to do. So I think it's all about taking advantage of the guys in your offense. They're extremely talented, the receiver position right now and at the quarterback position. And I think that that's where you see that, the you know, obviously the touch that they're trying to create for Judy and Waddle and those guys uh, now is what they're 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 accentuating on offense. Uh, just one quick follow up on the injuries: Is uh, Keir Thomas expected back this week? No. Well, you know, Ryan's second start against the number two team in the country, one of the most iconic in football. What can you and the players do to kind of help him? I know you said he's, you know, he's got all the intangibles, but what can you guys do because it's such a big spot for him to kind of help him along in this process? No different than last week, and obviously the opponent's much different. But you know, play well around him. 
you know, uh, we've got to obviously protect the passer. Let's create something in the run game. Let's, let's, let's catch the ball down the field. Uh, defensively, let's, let's gain some field position, some momentum in the game, do a great job on special teams controlling the vertical field position. So all of those things are all the same for every week to help, whether it's a veteran player or a young player, uh, be more successful. And that's what we're trying to do. Obviously, you've coached a lot of these big games before. Do you change your coaching mindset in it from the past in terms of do you do anything differently because it's because the nature of the opponent in terms of a saying you do or it's you mix things up in practice or anything like that and have you adjusted that strategy over the course of your coaching career you know and, and i'll say this and one of the many things i learned from nick is you treat every game the same and that's the way he approaches his organization that's the way he approaches every game to 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 maintain balance and not the ebbs and flows of, of how you approach a game so you treat one game really really important and the next week it's not important they're all important. And obviously, the, the players, you know, we had a, probably more juice at a Tuesday practice this morning than we've had, and that's normal. That's, that's part of it. And I always talk in terms of the build-up to game day to Saturday afternoon at 3.30. But one of the many things I learned from him was, you know, the players understand the important games, and they understand that. But you as a coach have to approach all of them the same because then your players will start choosing and picking when they think it's important to play and when it's not important to play. And then you create the ups and downs in your performance, and then you don't have consistency in your performance. And I agree with them 100% on those things. Coach Will Muschamp at his uh, press conference this afternoon. You know, not, we didn't really get anything from there that we thought uh, that we wouldn't get. Basically, yes, I played for, I worked with Coach, uh, with Coach Saban. Yes, it's a big game, but, you know, it's not a big game. All the games are the same. Oh, man, it's just a tough week, I think, coming up for the Gamecocks. And I think the average Gamecock fan expects that. It's not, um, you know, there's a lot of talk and a lot of people are putting stuff out there about the uh, the win in 2010. You know, with that win... There was a lot of interesting things on that front, and we kind of talked about it yesterday with uh, our buddy Justin Hall from the Fifth Quarter Post Game Show. And if you look back at that team, that of course you had Coach uh, Spurrier out there. He seemed to be able to turn the gears just a little bit. What I mean by that is, is that. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You had certain players that kind of played above where they were. Meaning that you had guys like uh, Steven Garcia who played out of his mind. Probably the best game in his South Carolina career. And I think that the Gamecocks kind of overplayed in that game just a little bit. Now, of course, you can call up and dispute that at 803-978-1832. All teams have to actually go out and play these games. That's why it's tough to sit here and say, oh, it's an absolute lock that Alabama's going to win that game. You know, the stars can align. Things can happen. You block punts. You know, you, The old cliches are all over the place. But the reality is, is that 
Muschamp even said it today during his press conference. Hey, um, a lot of times when you tackle, I think he said when you tackle an athlete, it's a better athlete than what we have. That's what Muschamp said today. So as far as that game goes, I think the Gamecocks need to go into it with the perspective of you don't want to get injuries to uh, to your big-time players. You don't want to lose a a guy like um, like a Shy Smith or a Tavian Feaster or a Ryan Helinski. You, you don't want to lose any of those guys. I think that's kind of the big thing going into this game that I'm not going to play like I'm like I'm playing to, okay, you guys just beat us and roll over. But the reality is, is that I think it gets to a point where if Alabama gets up big, you don't want your big starters hurt. I think that's kind of the big thing. But we'll take calls on the Alabama game today, 803-978-1832, and the Clemson game. Clemson, in my opinion, and I know Coach Sweeney doesn't like to hear this, but it's – it's uh. The rest of their games, they're going to be favored huge. It's almost like you're tuning in and you know what's going to happen. It's like Hulk Hogan back in the late uh, 80s, early 90s. You knew that Hulk Hogan would go out there and, you know, he'd get popped around a little bit. But you knew in the end he was going to hulk up and he was going to point his finger at at whoever it was and he was going to beat them senseless. Big leg drop for the cover, big boot, etc. And that's kind of the way it's going to happen with Alabama this weekend. Same thing with Clemson, too. And it seems like we're on a collision course to have the same national championship or national semifinal uh, come December. Kevin on Facebook Live today says, I'd be okay losing a running back, but not a quarterback. You know what? The quarterbacks are the most, they're the hardest to replace, in my opinion. That... I think the two hardest positions to replace are your center and your quarterback. You can work on getting somebody else. I understand that. But I think the big thing for South Carolina is to keep Helensky healthy this weekend. I think that's huge. And I also think that this is obviously the biggest game of his career. He, he's going to go out there. And I think Gamecock fans need to be a little patient. He may throw some passes that he's not supposed to throw. He is a freshman, a true freshman, by the way. I mean, I know he came in January or what have you, but the point is is that he's going to have to um, He's going to make throws that some of them may not make any sense. So I think Gamecock fans have to really step back for a second and say, okay, you know what, he's a freshman. Now, he may make some big, huge plays. Let's head out to the phones. Good afternoon. Welcome to the rundown. Hey, Rob. How you doing? Hey, man. I got about 25 seconds. Go. Can you put me on hold? Yeah, I'll put you on hold through the break. Hold on, man. All right. So we'll take his call when we come back. But big thing, big things coming for Clemson and South Carolina this weekend. Can Clemson get over the Carrier Dome hump and South Carolina playing the number two team in the country and the Heisman Trophy candidate? It's going to be interesting. We'll see how it works out. That's the best part about college football. More of the rundown when we come back. Take your calls this afternoon, 803-978-1832. 803-978-1832 is the number to call. Join us here on the rundown. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the rundown. I'm Rob Sanders. Out to the phones we go. 
Good afternoon. Welcome into the rundown. Hey, Rob. What's up, buddy? Overton's Orange. Um, I heard you mention uh, the Gamecocks. You were talking about them briefly. Uh, Helsinki, the new guy, the freshman. I call him Helsinki. I can't pronounce his name correctly. It's Helinski, sir. Helinski. Like I said, I call him Helsinki. Well, why do you call? Why do you? Why, why can't we call him by his last name, man? Because I can't pronounce it. I'll explain that to you. Well, I can help you. Here we go. We'll have some phonics on the radio. Huh? No, come on, Helsinki. Helsinki. I, I took English for twelve years. That's enough. Thank you. <laughs> can I talk about? Can I talk about what I wanted to talk about when I called? Sure. Thank you, sir. Um, these Gamecock, you mentioned the Gamecock fans. These guys have been quiet for at least a year. They've been silent, like they've been under a rock in a cave. I don't know where they've been, but they've been silent. They win one game against a division school, but the division two school by 50 points, I think, something like that, and they get all excited and they start calling the shows. Oh, everything's fine now. You know, we're going to be good again. Well, how do you cut? One question, I, I'm, I'm opposing Speedy and all those Gamecock fans out there. Oh, I, whoever, wants, whoever wants to debate me, where where in the world did you come how did you go from no good back to average i'm a, i'm not going to go from good, no good to good how did you get from no good to average over one victory is that is that right carolina fans please i am get real and stop being delusional do I need to keep ranting and raving, Rob? Well, I mean, you have a right to your opinion. I mean, I don't think you think Gamecock fans should call up and say, you know what? We just suck. We should just take the entire season and say to hell with it. That's what they should do because keep it's real. They suck. I, well, you can't. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna basically tell Gamecocks to just say to hell with their team. Come on, man. No, I'm not saying I'm not saying I've never said for the Gamecock fans to quit their team. No, I hate quitters. What I'm saying is, all of a sudden, because you, you've been quiet for a year, all of a sudden you want to start talking because you got a 50 point win over a Division II school. Come on, for real? Yeah. Just stay quiet. When you win a game that amounts to something, like if you beat North Carolina, that amounts to something, then talk to me. Well, I appreciate your call this afternoon, man. Thanks for joining us on the program. Yes, sir. He's a little fired up there, and that's fine. But, you know, on one front here, you can tell Gamecock fans if they're your best buddies or whatever, hey, you know what? You know, beat 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 a team that's uh you know in a Power Five conference. I, I get that, but if you're a true fan of a team, you're not going to sit here and say, you know what, we're going one and eleven. Where do you get bought from going from that? Oh, we're going one and eleven. You know, Van- a tough game for us will be Vanderbilt. You just can't have that mentality as a fan. You could be a realistic fan. 
and say things like, all right, you know what? Alabama's coming in this weekend. They are really strong. I hope my team does a good job and they keep it competitive. And, hey, who knows? That's being a realist. But you know what? If you look back at the game against Charleston Southern, they put up offensive marks they haven't put up in Gamecock history. That's not from me. That's from the Gamecock media guy, which I've got around here somewhere. They put up some huge offensive numbers. Helensky looked great. But you can be a guy that is like Kevin on Facebook Live today. He says, stranger things have happened. I don't think we have the depth. We aren't five uh, five star at four positions deep. Yeah, that's what Alabama is. So that's what you're matching up against. You Let's just say for a, a perfect example of this, is let's just say that you had your five stars, you had five star guys on half the team or whatever. You're still not going to match up with Alabama because they've got five stars that are backing up the five stars. That's just the the way that it is. And they stack guys on top of guys. That's why when, when they lost their big running back, Dylan, uh, Dylan Moses, I think was his name, they got another running back that, or another linebacker that's a five-star right behind him. And the question is not whether or not he can play. It's just can he pick up the system fast enough to make the, uh, the decisions that Moses made when he basically quarterbacked the defense. That's what you're facing with an Alabama team. Zach on Facebook Live says they are the the last team from the SEC uh, East to beat Alabama. Yeah, that says a lot about the dominance of Alabama. If you look back at uh, Alabama in, in SEC play last year, other than the Georgia game and the championship game, they beat the tar out of everybody. Shut out LSU. Shut out Mississippi State, the two teams that were behind them. Beat, uh, beat Auburn in, in the Iron Bowl by 31 points. This is a machine that's coming to town, folks. This is not this is not a bunch of a bunch of uh, you know a bunch of small guys that have decided to put A's on their hats and come play. This is the number two ranked team in the country. That's that's what you got coming in. I know I'm sounding like I'm a broken record here, but they're a heck of a team. Some more comments from uh, the uh, Facebook Live group, which you can join, by the way. You can also call at 803-978-1832. Keith says the Tigers are on the same level now. Reload. Uh, Let's see here. Zach says they rule the SEC. That's true. Bill says, amen, you got to believe. Bama has speed and speed kills. And he says, go Cox. You know, there are ways for South Carolina to win this game. Lots of things have to happen, but... You know, you can't go into it thinking, okay, things could be just completely off the rails. Tyler says Alabama by 30. That that may happen. But how many people believed, what was it, Deshaun Watson's uh, first national championship game? Alabama was favored by, I think, 10 or, I can't remember what it was. The Clemson was going to keep it that close. Nobody did. Absolutely nobody did. How many people thought Army was going to hang with Michigan last weekend, other than me? Not very many people did. Things happen, though, folks. It's just the way that it is. And that's why college football, once again, people say they watch The Bachelor and they watch this and they watch that for drama. The best drama in the world is college football. 
Just look at what South Carolina has already dealt with this season. Three-year starting quarterback is gone. You got a brand new guy at quarterback from what you started with on, you know, August, what, 1st, when you went to training camp or whenever it was. You've got guys that are moving all over in positions. You've got uh, the Gamecock team losing to a team nobody thought they were going to lose to. I mean, it's just amazing the amount of drama that goes into college football season. 803-978-1832, Speaking of drama, I'm going to give you my top five overrated teams in the coaches poll. All right, so I've got that set up for you. We'll have that this afternoon on the rundown here on Fox Sports Radio 1400. As always, we appreciate you listening around the world on the iHeartRadio app. More of the rundown in just a moment. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Strap in. It's time for the list. The list this afternoon here on Fox Sports Radio 1400. It's my top five, basically, of the day. Today we're doing the top five most overrated teams in the coaches' poll. All right, so I before I do this, though, i got to put it out there. I don't think we should do any kind of polls until Halloween. Halloween should be the time where we dust off the old Michael Myers original Halloween, which is by far one of the greatest horror movies ever. Watch that. And then as soon as that's over, then we can have our first college football poll. Simple as that. So I give you this, though. These are my teams that I think are overrated at this point in the coaches poll. And, of course, this is just my opinion. You can come at me with yours, 803-978-1832. 803-978-1832 is the number to call as uh, we give you the uh, overrated list right here on the rundown. At number five, I got to go with Florida. Now, they are ranked at number eight in the polls. I think they should be a couple of spots lower than that. Just haven't been really impressed with the Gators. They look like they play a brand of football that they've got athletes all over the field. Felipe Franks thinks he's the absolute greatest quarterback in the history of football. Just ask him. He'll tell you. But... The reality is is that I don't know if they're good enough to be ranked at number eight in the country. Number four. Number four, I'm going to go, this one is, um, I had to think about this for a little bit, but Texas at number 13. How is it that Texas is at number 13? They lost to LSU. They were previously ranked ninth. I think they should drop a little bit further in the poll, but... Give me uh, Texas at number four. Number three. Number three, you know, I had to stop and think about this one for a little bit. I'm not on the Central Florida train. Central Florida's ranked 16th in the poll. I think Army's the best non-Power 5 team in the poll, in my opinion. I, I don't know why Central Florida's ranked like they are. Give me 
uh, Central Florida at number three. Number two. Number two on the list, Michigan at number 10. What conference does Michigan play in? That would be the Big Ten. What do we think about the Big Ten here? The Big Ten doesn't play real football. Sorry. Win something in December against the team south of the Mason-Dixon line, and maybe, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll feel a little bit better for you. But the reality is Michigan is one of these teams that's put up there, oh, they're the greatest ever, and they end up falling flat. I don't think they're a very disciplined team either. Michigan is at number two. And number one. Number one on the list is... This one was kind of tough for me, but hey, you know what? I got to go with, huh, as I pull up my notes here. Number one on the list, I'm probably going to go with Auburn. I know they got the win over Oregon, but do you really think that Auburn is the number nine team in the country? Do you think at the end of the season we'll be talking about Auburn being the ninth ranked team in the country? I, I don't know. I'm not feeling that at all. So there you go. There's the list this afternoon here on Fox Sports Radio 1400 around the world on the iHeartRadio app. We appreciate you checking it out as always. A new list every day. Sometimes the lists are just a little bit uh, off the wall. Sometimes uh, they're, they're pretty good if you really catch them. Sometimes I, sometimes I nail this stuff correctly. Uh, one other note on um, the South Carolina Gamecocks coming up. You know, there's reports all over Twitter about uh, what's going to happen with Jake Bentley. Just an, something that I, I feel that may happen. I think he's going to transfer. He's obviously going to, he'll have another year of eligibility. I don't think he's going to hang up the cleats. I think he'll get his foot fixed. I think that it wouldn't surprise me if in the next couple of weeks he hits the transfer portal. I think he took his last snap for South Carolina at North Carolina. And I think, especially if Helensky comes out and does what, you know, he's he's tabbed to do, I don't think they're going to bring Kelly Bryant in for, or excuse me, not Kelly Bryant. Why am I thinking Kelly Bryant? I'm thinking next week. I don't think they're going to bring Jake Bentley back to compete with Helensky for the starting job for next season. Just don't see that happening. I, I don't have any crazy information that I'm willing to put out there. It's just a guess. If he were my son, that's what I would tell him to do. You know what? You gave your heart and soul to that program. Why not go and try to uh, stake your way somewhere else? I think that's more likely to happen than he stays with the Gamecocks and suits up and then has to come back for next season. I think there was a lot of people that, you know... And I hate bringing this stuff up because I like to think that with my own children that I want them to know that society is not that bad of a place. But the reality is, is that there are some mean people in society. And there were a lot of rude people that went to his Instagram account and posted some horrific stuff. Stuff that I am pretty certain they would never say to Jake Bentley's face. Just the typical keyboard warriors. The kind of guy that the kind of folks that would not that would walk up to him and say that I, I'm sorry they just wouldn't do that because they don't have the satchel to do it. I think that the Gamecock team tried to take care of him because he was their brother. And look at that, Bill saying the same things online by the fans, not the team. Yeah, there were a lot of Gamecock fans that are like, you know what, this is crazy. 
and there can be some frustration with him because if, if he played like he played in the Clemson game last year, every Gamecock fan loves Jake Bentley, thinks he's the greatest ever. But if he plays like he played against Kentucky, where he throws two picks that, wow, wow picks, I think that that there's a section of the Gamecock fan base that's like withdrawal. That's what they're thinking. Get out of school. I mean, I've seen this stuff on his Instagram page. But I wanted to get that out there today because I honestly think that he took his last snap up there at North Carolina in Charlotte. It's kind of a sad way to end your career. But not every kid gets to end their career with the school they started. You can look around college football, and there are guys that are doing some great stuff. Kelly Bryant's playing at Missouri, putting up some big numbers there. You've got Eason playing out at uh, Washington. Uh, the, you know He thought he was going to be at Georgia. Justin Fields thought he was going to be at Georgia. Now he's the starting quarterback for Ohio State. Is there a place for Bentley? Yeah, I think so. I mean, he, he has the physical tools. And you don't need me to tell you that. The Mannings said that. When Archie, Eli, Peyton, those guys are saying, yeah, Jake Bentley's got the tools to play. It doesn't matter what some doofus on the radio says in Columbia. You could just look at what the actual people that are quarterbacks say. And they say that Jake Bentley is a good quarterback. But sometimes you don't get to have the storybook fairy tale ending wherever you are. And I think if you're a Gamecock fan, you should thank Bentley for what he did and cheer for him wherever he goes. Wherever he goes, he should. You, Gamecock fans should be all about it. If he goes to Texas State and plays there, you should at least follow him and be happy for him. I don't understand the such disdain for Jake Bentley. I just don't get it. But it's not going to matter because he's not part of the Gamecock program anymore, or at least I don't think he will be going forward. I think he'll get his surgery, and then he's probably going to hit the transfer portal. Look for that to happen probably before the season's out, or if not, right when the season ends. If you want to talk about Jake Bentley, 803-978-1832, 803-978-1832. South Carolina and Alabama this weekend. Gamecocks are a 27-point underdog in some books. Clemson's on the road at Syracuse. Clemson is a 24-point favorite in the uh, the big carrier dome, which is called the carrier dome, but I don't think it has air condition. <laughs> I think that's that's kind of a... That's kind of funny in its own part. But we'll take your calls on Jake Bentley if you want to talk about that. 803-978-1832. 803-978-1832 is the number to call. If you want to get involved with the rundown this afternoon, you can also follow me on Twitter. I'm at Rob Sounds Good. Would love to hear your calls and uh, your, your tweets over there. I'm at Rob Sounds Good on Twitter. Podcast for the show will be up this afternoon around 5 o'clock. Be sure to check out my blog page. Good stuff there at FoxSportsRadio1400.com. More of the rundown in just a moment. Welcome back to the rundown. Do you know there's only one original pool table store in Columbia? Carolina Plus. Carolina Pool Tables Plus on Two Notch Road. You can go there and get your own pool table. You can have it with like your big family crest on it. You can get it with your favorite NCAA team on it. They can put pretty much anything you want on one of these pool tables. Others call themselves a pool table store. 
They just can't match the original with the selection, service, and prices that you will get at Carolina Pool Tables Plus. The friendliest staff in Columbia, they're dedicated to making sure you understand what you're getting with your pool table. Okay? They teach you, all right, look, you got to have this set up this way, that set up that way. Things that you just never really thought about. You learn when you get your pool table from Carolina Pool Tables Plus. Don't buy a pool table on the internet. Do you know how to put together a pool table? Think about it. I got these shelves that I put together for my daughters. I have no clue how I did it. I couldn't imagine putting together a pool table. Carolina Pool Tables Plus does it for you. Forget about the internet. Go there. Check them out. 5717 Two Notch Road open seven days a week. Stop by and check out their massive showroom. They got everything from jukeboxes to some grandfather clocks to all the pool tables. If you have your own stuff already, you can get you some cool pool table equipment. All for your pool table at Carolina Pool Tables Plus. 803-799-5305. Experience the difference at Carolina Pool Tables Plus. All right, so some comments before we got out of here from the folks on Facebook Live. Uh, Some folks saying they're ashamed about the way the Gamecock fans treated Jake Bentley. Yeah, nobody wants to see anybody like that. Zach says that he thinks it hurt Jake Bentley because his head may have gotten too big after the Manning camps. I I don't know, man. You know, I was saying this before before I came on the air uh, back from the break. I think the biggest hurt for Jake Bentley is himself, meaning that I think he just gets too hyped. You know, he's too hyped up going into games. When he's calm, he does better. If you look at the Clemson game last year, he looked like he was calm. What did he do? He shredded the Clemson defense. Now, granted, he's got to have the tools that play with him. Debo Samuel's got to make catches. Offensive line has got to block for him. I, I get that. But the reality is is that the biggest thing that hurts Jake Bentley, in my opinion, is Jake Bentley. Maybe it's the brain of Jake Bentley. I don't know. We'll take calls on that before we leave at 803-978-1832. 803-978-1832. A couple other little, little notes before we get out of here today. The headline for this uh, that I got for this was actually kind of funny. Gus Malzahn appears to take a shot at Alabama. Does Gus Malzahn, <laughs> Alabama pretty much has owned Gus Malzahn when he's been there. But apparently, here is what uh, the, the supposed shot against Alabama. So Alabama's not very happy that their week four game against Southern Miss is kicking off at noon. The athletic director released a statement complaining about it on Monday night. We're disappointed that our game against Southern Miss has been selected as a daytime kickoff at home. We realize we play more non-conference day games at home in September than other SEC teams since 2014. Well, the reason that you have that is because the non-conference teams that you bring in suck. That's why you play midday games, because you don't have marquee games. Here's a thought. Schedule in Oklahoma with a home-and-home. Schedule somebody that has a pulse with a home-and-home and then maybe your games will get moved into better time slots. Mr. Athletic Director at Alabama, there you go. There's your free lesson today from the rundown. So what, the thing with, uh, with Malzahn, though, according to Justin Ferguson, who uh, works for uh, one of the papers in Alabama, 
Malzahn on the Kent State game says, uh, I wish that it was at noon so we have more time to prepare for our next opponent. I guess they're trying to say in a backhand way that they're taking a shot at Alabama. My big thing is this. If you want the bigger games and you want to be in a spot that's other than 12 noon, schedule bigger opponents out of conference. Simple as that. I guess the Alabama athletic director is thinking that, hey, you know what? We're Alabama. We should be able to schedule wherever we want. Why don't you tell that to the uh, to the fans at Williams-Brice? All the Gamecock fans who basically get, what, one, one night game a year at Williams-Brice? Clemson didn't play very many night games last year at uh, in Death Valley. It's a conference-wide thing. It's a, it's a school, a, a country-wide thing. Somebody has to play at noon. Not everybody can play at 3.30 and you expect it to be on television. But to make your way up, schedule teams that don't suck. No, no disrespect to Southern Miss, but would you rather see, uh, I don't know, Alabama and even Baylor? If they would schedule a, a Baylor-type team, a team from the Power Five, that might move you up a little bit in the rankings there. How, how will Alabama do against a Big 12 opponent that's not named Kansas? How would that work out? Yeah, that that's how you fix that. You don't go with, oh, we should be we should just be playing at a different time because we're Alabama. Don't you realize that we've won national titles? I mean, we've won more than what you think we've won. That's kind of how Alabama feels. But Gus Malzahn basically throwing backhanded shots. Shut up, Gus. Gus, win some games, man. You lost by 31 the last time you played Alabama. You play Alabama every year, and last year you lost by 31. You're lucky to still have your job. Stop with the nonsense of trying to backhand shot Alabama. Win something, Gus. You'll probably be uh, writing your book next season. or ha- You probably already wrote it, and now you're just uh, waiting to get fired. That's probably what's going to happen to Gus Malzahn. We'll probably have him on the rundown promoting his book. I'll make sure I ask him the question, hey, Gus, do you think you should have thrown shots at Alabama when you lost by 31? He'll probably hang up the phone. I'm fine with that. 803-978-1832-803-978-1832 is the number to call. Join us here on The Rundown. We appreciate you listening. We'll be back at it tomorrow. Tomorrow we go behind enemy lines. We will have... Some uh, comments from uh, Coach Nick Saban. Also some comments from Coach um, Coach Dino Babers up at Syracuse. We'll look at that tomorrow. Be sure to follow me on Twitter. I'm at Rob Sounds Good. Podcast will be up about 5 o'clock this afternoon. Lawton Swan will join you next. He will take you home this afternoon with Clemson Sports Talk. More of the rundown tomorrow on Fox Sports Radio 1400. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.